Hi, my name's Grant Fishbook, and I am honored to be the lead teaching pastor here at Christ the King Church in Bellingham, Washington. Thank you so much for choosing to access this online content today. We really hope you'll enjoy this message. One of our values here at Christ the King is biblical face-to-face -face community. And so while we are so excited that you joined us today online, I really want to encourage you. Make sure that this is never a replacement for face-to-face -face biblical community. Your story matters, you matter, and we want to see you get connected in a local church. Now, if you're here in our area, we would love to have you join us at any one of our five campuses. But if you find yourself outside of the Bellingham area, we really want you to get connected into a local church. So we hope and pray that that happens for you very, very soon. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
Merry Christmas, everybody. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant, and uh, we like to be on a first-name basis around here. So that was Frank. We call him Papa Frank. And so if you didn't have a dad or a grandpa that could, that could read the Christmas story for you this year, that's the very best that we have to offer right there. So I'm Grant, that's Frank, and the young man who was playing at the piano, uh, that was Randy. Randy actually wrote the song that Andy sang for you tonight called Tell Me the Story Again. And it is such an honor to be able to, to work together and to do these services every single year. We keep coming back to that story. I love that story. I could hear that story over and over and over again because just like a story can change everything, a baby can change everything as well. My wife was a baby whisperer. You can hand a screaming child to my wife, Laurel, and within a few moments, that baby will be mellow and relaxed and sleeping. I mean, when we became parents and God blessed us with Braden and McKenna, Laurel took to it like a duck to water. I mean, she just knew exactly what to do. She grew up around little ones, so being a parent for her was just the easiest thing in the world. On the other end of the parental spectrum was me, okay? Laurel was a baby whisperer. I was a baby agitator. That's how it worked. If, if they came to me crying, give me two minutes, and they would be crying more. That's just the way that it worked in our family. If Grant entered a situation, the volume was not going down, the volume was going up. And Laurel would always tell me, Grant, they can feel your anxiety. They can feel your stress. I'm like, no kidding. It's because I'm stressed and I'm anxious because I can't make this kid calm down. So I would do everything to try and calm down. And I would breathe and I would suck on their pacifier and I would rock <laughs> back and forth, back and forth until I'd finally just fall asleep. It was a beautiful thing. Vividly etched in my memory is a moment from when my son Braden was about two and a half months old. He came to us in September. So Christmas... He's about two and a half months old. I'm on night duty, and I'm doing the very best I can to put him back to sleep after a nighttime feeding. And, and I'll be honest, he was a mess. He was a mess. He had a cold. He had eczema. He had thrush in his mouth. If you know what that is, it's horrible. I mean, he was miserable. His mom was exhausted, and I was trying okay? For the love of God, I was trying as best I could to try and make him be quiet, and nothing worked. And I went through the checklist that every parent goes through, dry diaper, check, warm onesie, check, sterilized pacifier, check, calm father, no check in that box. I mean, there is no check and nothing helped. And I'm at the end of myself and I don't know what to do. So I hummed. Silent night. Holy night, all is not calm, all is pure fright, round tired daddy so fussy and wild, non-holy infant, what a miserable child. Sleep for the love of God, sleep. Sleep for daddy, please. Right? So I, I hummed. Okay, I hummed. I, ju I just added the lyrics on Tuesday, just so you know. Okay, all right. So I hummed and it worked. 
was a Christmas miracle, okay? And I just sat there for a second looking into the face of my little boy, knowing that he was feeling miserable, but he was finally sleeping, and, and suddenly it was okay. Hope just kind of came back into the room for a moment. Why did I hum a 200-year-old song? That song is 200 years old tonight. Silent Night, 200 years ago it was written. But why was I humming a 200-year-old song? I don't think it's because I like 200-year-old poetry written by Austrian pastors, okay? I know that's true because I don't like poetry. I'll just be honest with you, okay? I don't think it, I was humming it because of the backstory. An Austrian pastor named Joseph Moore wrote a Christmas poem. And the Christmas poem was supposed to be set to organ music in the little town where there was throwing a Christmas play. But there was a problem. The organ was broken. Organ was broken. So he did the next best thing. He took his poem to a German musician by the name of Franz Gruber. What a great name, right? Franz Gruber. And Gruber sat down with a guitar and made a very simple chord progression and he played it, and they played it 200 years ago at a Christmas Eve service, just like this one. And just so you know, that was absolutely scandalous because back then, you didn't play guitars in church. I love the backstory, but that's not why I was humming that song to my freaked out kid. I was humming that song not because of the song, but because of the story that it points to, which prompts a question for all of us. Why do you keep coming back? Why do you show up on Christmas Eve? Some of us, we've been doing this for 19 years in a row. It's amazing. Why do you keep coming back? Why do you want to sing the same songs? Why do you like the same decorations? Why do you eat the same food? Why do you watch the same Hallmark movies with the same plot over and over and over again? Like, why do we do that year after year after year? Could it be because there's something inside of the human soul that just resonates with everything that Christmas is supposed to be about? Could it be that there's something deep inside of you that, that pulled you in through the door tonight that, that needed to hear a story? A story that I would summarize this way. God loved the world so much that he gave humanity a gift, the greatest gift he had. He gave his son Jesus to his creation. The creator gave a gift to the creation so that Jesus could come down to our level and lived a perfect life so he could pay a debt of sin that we all owe to God. I don't know about you, but I could tell that story again and again and again. In fact, we do that here at Christ the King every six days. We're like a band with one song. We tell the same story over and over because we don't have a better story than that. That God would come, love us, and pursue us. So I'd like to invite you into the, the story behind a 200-year-old song. I need you to know that the, the story behind the song, God's actually been speaking and writing for 2,000 years. But we're going to use Silent Night as kind of a guide as we walk through it. What made it a silent night? Well, I'll tell you what. It wasn't silent because the baby wasn't crying, Okay. Jesus was a regular human baby, God in human flesh, but he cried like every other infant. In fact, if you hear a little one pipe up tonight, you can just use that as a reminder that that's what we're talking about. In fact, I'll take every little baby's cry as an amen, keep going, Grant, preach harder, okay? <laughs> it wasn't silent because the baby wasn't crying. It was silent because of the birth of a Savior. It was, it was silent because before the Savior actually came, for 400 years, God had not said a word. 
He's spoken to the prophets. That brought the Old Testament to a close. And then for 400 years, God says absolutely nothing. God wasn't silent because he had nothing to say or because he didn't care. No, God was actually waiting, anticipating. We do the same thing when we celebrate something called Advent. We slow down and we focus on hope and joy and peace and love to try and slow down our hearts because we're waiting, we're anticipating. And that's what God was doing. He was waiting, patiently anticipating a moment when the silence would be shattered. And I love the fact that God didn't shatter the silence with a royal proclamation. He could have done that. He could have brought us all to our knees. Instead, God shattered the silence with a tiny, fragile human baby cry. God shattered the silence with an indescribable gift, the gift of his son. It was a silent night. It was a holy night. That first Christmas was holy because the King of Kings had arrived. The book of John says this, says the word, the logos, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, Jesus, God in human flesh. It says the word became flesh and dwelled amongst us for a while and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. I mean, when that happened, when God cracked earth with heaven, The common became uncommon. The supernatural invaded the natural. Heaven actually came down to earth. It was simply holy because God was here. And just for the record, he still is. It was a silent night. It was a holy night. All is calm. That's all some of you were hoping for tonight, just 60 minutes of calm. Well, if that's your heart, then this is going to be good news for you. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, a book written 700 years before Jesus arrived, it talked about the calming names of Jesus. It says his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That night was actually in the midst of a social and political mess. But then the Prince of Peace showed up and he brought calm into chaos. For the first time, a holy God reached out to sinful people and he had a very simple message. I love you. I'm for you. I came after you. And I'm relentless in my pursuit of your heart. Calm came into the world because suddenly there was hope. Hope had arrived. Hope that God and sinners could actually be reconciled. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Some of you will have an objection to that because you've never seen a bright night before, right? No such thing as a bright night. Nights are dark. That's the way that it's supposed to work, right? Not on that night. That night was bright because for the first time ever, the light of the world flickered into existence and the darkness shook for the very first time. That night was different because the light of the world flickered into existence. And when the baby grew up, Jesus said these words, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life in them. That very first Christmas, God turned the light switch on. The Bible says in so many different places, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. That's why we celebrate this way. I've shared my story here many, many times over the last 20 years. I I hesitated whether or not I should share anything about it again because it probably gets a little old for the veterans of CTK, but, but if you're a veteran, maybe you can indulge me for a little bit. Here's the bottom line. I was a really nice church going kid walking in darkness. The darkness in my life, it fell so quietly and so slowly. I didn't even notice that it was getting dark around me. 
I just got used to it. Avoiding God became normal. You just avoid him, stay away from him. You just look God in the face and say, I just need you to leave me alone and mind your own business. I'm not interested. I didn't want to do relationship with God, so I chose religion instead. It was easier. Religion always is easier. You check the boxes, alleviate the guilt, you call it good, it's fine. Just judge a few people, you call it, it's good. But I'll tell you something about religion, it's empty. It's unbelievably dark. And into the middle of my dark soul, a man named Jesus came and he had a simple message. I love you, I'm for you, I came after you, and I'm relentless in my pursuit of your heart. God turned on the light of relationship in my life. Called me out of the darkness into the light of his love. John 1.5 says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Light wins every single time. I mean, just think about it. Have you ever walked into a dark room, flipped on a light switch, had the bulb illuminate? Have you ever seen the darkness win? Have you ever even seen the, the darkness challenge the light? It's like, no, light comes on, darkness loses. That's what happened 2,000 years ago. A light came on and darkness started to shake because the light of the world had arrived. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Now here it comes. The most politically incorrect line you'll ever sing in a Christmas song. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Okay, what are you guys thinking when you sing that out loud? That is so unbelievably inappropriate, isn't it? I mean, we don't get to comment on anyone's sexual history, right? I mean, what are we thinking being so politically incorrect? Just for the record, Jesus is always politically incorrect. And I love that about him. For the record, Jesus is more conservative than the greatest conservative when it comes to giving us what we deserve, which is judgment. He's also more liberal than the greatest liberal when it comes to offering grace to people who need grace from a savior. He's politically incorrect. And so when we sing those words, round yon virgin, we're not trying to be disrespectful or make a commentary about Mary. We're actually pointing to a 2,700 year old prophecy from the book of Isaiah that says this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive. That's quite a sign. That violates every natural order, every biological order, every scientific order. It violates all of them. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. It means God with us. God right here. God in the middle of the mess of humanity. Not God uh, keeping a safe distance away and looking benevolently down on his children, hoping they figure it out. No, God up to his elbows in the dirt of my life and your life. I love the fact that Mary became the vessel through which God allowed a king to arrive and he came into the middle of a social mess. But the very same Jesus that Mary carried, we can all carry out of here tonight. Because not only is he the light of the world, the Bible says we are the light of the world. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Jesus was holy because he was God in human flesh, fully God, fully man. That makes him majestic, but he's also tender. Tender and mild towards the people that he came to save. People like me, people like you. The very first Christmas, Jesus had a mission. It started small. 
The Bible tells us he came to seek and save the lost. So when it talks about a holy infant so tender and mild, it doesn't mean he didn't cry, he did. In fact, the Bible tells us over and over again that Jesus would break down in tears to the people who come to Christ the King all the time. I like to say that's where I get it from, every single service, okay? He would break down crying over people who were lost and broken because Jesus knew something. Sinners need saviors. Sinners need saviors. It started as a holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. That's a beautiful promise in the Bible. Maybe it's the most important promise of all. It's the promise of eternity. The promise of a place where we get to rest from all of the brokenness and the violence and the hurt that happens in the world. It's like at Christmas Eve, everybody takes a break from all the junk. Heaven's like that all the time. It never stops. Solomon, the wisest and richest man in human history, he wrote these words. He says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. That just simply means this. If you think tonight you just wandered in the door coming to a Christmas Eve service, boy, were you wrong. No, there's a God-shaped hole in the center of your soul, and the king of the universe invited you here. And I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad that we were all drawn to a place where we may not be at the end of the journey, we may be right in the middle of it, but the fact that God's actually a part of that story brings me unbelievable peace and rest. It's hard to rest when you're constantly searching for meaning and answers. And Jesus said over and over again in the Bible, the only way to find eternity was through a personal relationship with him. And I can speak from experience. When I was wandering from God and telling God to mind his own business, I hated nighttime. Because at night, it's hard to run when you're alone by yourself with your thoughts. I used to wait for morning to come. But now... Because that baby showed up 2,000 years ago, because I got a clue about 32 years ago, I rest easy every night because I know that my eternity is secure, not because of religion, but because of a relationship. If you know Silent Night, you always sing the last two lines, right? Repeat, sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Heavenly peace is the rest that only the Prince of Peace can bring to a troubled heart. So if you asked me how to summarize Christmas into four simple lines, not from Silent Night, I would put it this way. God loves you. God is for you. He came after you. And he will relentlessly pursue your heart in spite of your best efforts to make him go away. He loves you too much to let you go. You know, I don't know what you were hoping for this weekend. Maybe you were hoping for a nice, warm, sentimental Christmas moment, you know? And you were hoping we would sing the right songs and do the right things to put you in a festive mood so that you could last the next 48 hours, survive your family, and make it to the 26th so you can go and spend the rest of your gift cards, right? Could be... (laughs) Maybe you were hoping that, uh, maybe you were hoping that this year Grant would finally get it right and talk about something that, that mattered to you. 
I hope that happened. Maybe you were hoping that a friend or a family member would join you. And maybe you were hoping that for just a couple of minutes tonight, like maybe 60 minutes, you could actually have something resembling peace and calm. I don't know what you came hoping for, but I know exactly what the king of the universe is hoping for right now. Jesus is hoping that this Christmas you don't turn away from him, you'll actually turn towards him. Jesus is hoping that instead of closing your heart, you'll open it. Jesus is hoping right now that you would give him an opportunity to be your wonderful counselor. I don't know about you, I think, I think everyone could use a good, wise counselor in their life. He's hoping right now that you will turn to him and allow him to be your mighty God because you're done with your own strength. You're tired, you're exhausted, and you need someone stronger than you and bigger than you to actually carry you through this season. I think Jesus right now is hoping that you will allow him to be an everlasting father. A couple of weeks ago, I read the Christmas story, and I could not believe what happened in my email box. The next morning, my email box just opened up and it was story after story after story of people saying, sharing stories that went like this, Grant, um, I've never had anyone read me the Christmas story before. My dad couldn't even make it halfway through towards the night before Christmas because he was already drunk by six. So thank you for not assuming that I'd heard this story. Thank you for telling it. Again, that's why we put Frank in the center of the room, because I wanted every one of you to experience what it feels like when someone with some semblance of spiritual authority blesses you with the most beautiful story that's ever been told. I think Jesus is hoping tonight that instead of running back out into the chaos of your life, that you'll turn to him and let him really be your Prince of Peace. And I don't know about you, but I think that's what every human being really wants for Christmas. Just peace. So it would seem wrong to me to invite you to come to a Christmas Eve service and not give you an opportunity to take Jesus up on his offer. Because I promise you, what I did some 32 years ago completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I don't deserve anything good from God, but I am so thankful that a God showed up in my life and said, Grant, I love you. I'm for you. I'll come after you. And I'm relentless. So maybe you showed up tonight not expecting anything. And now God's tapping on the center of your heart saying, hey, this Christmas thing, it's all about me. And what I want you to know is that what is all about me is actually all about you because I came for you. So here's what we're gonna do. In a moment, we're gonna pray together and I'm gonna invite you just so you can concentrate to, to bow your head and close your eyes and if, if something prompted in your heart tonight to say, this Christmas, I, I can't do this this way anymore. Instead of turning away from God, I'm gonna to turn towards him. I'm going to find out whether or not there's more to the story. If something in your heart resonated, I'm going to invite you to pray a simple Christmas prayer of faith, giving yourself to God and seeing whether or not God will do exactly what he said he would do. I promise you, he wants you more than anything.
this Christmas. So would you bow your head and close your eyes and we just take a quiet moment together? And if tonight you'd love to find real peace, real calm, if you'd like to know a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, on this Christmas weekend, I offer you the only gift that I have. I offer you me. God, I'm so grateful that that you love me, that you're for me, that you came after me, and that you've lovingly pursued me for my whole life. Jesus, would you forgive me for ignoring that beautiful gift that came all those years ago? Jesus, would you forgive me for living the life that you gave me for myself? God, right now, would you forgive my sin? Would you wash me as white as snow and give me peace? Jesus, from this Christmas Eve forward, I give you my life, my soul, my heart, my all. Fully and completely to you, that's all I have. And I thank you for the indescribable gift of salvation and forgiveness this Christmas. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, God just did something incredible in you. And your Christmases will be different because now you know him. You know the baby who was born in a manger. And I'd never do anything to embarrass you, but I'd love to pray for you this week because I know for some people, Christmas can be tough. But if you prayed that prayer and gave your heart to Christ tonight, would you just slip your hand up in the air so that I could see it? I'd love to pray for you. God bless 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 you in the back. God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you guys down here in the corner. God bless you. God bless you. God, thank you that you're still transforming hearts on Christmas. And God, I pray for everyone that that summoned the courage to raise their hand, and I pray that they would know that God saw that hand. That God not only saw the hand, but he knows the person that it was attached to, and even more than that, he knows their story. So God, tonight as they've asked you to be everything that you can be, I pray that you would wrap your loving arms around them and that you would whisper to them right now, I love you, I'm for you. I came here after you. And I will relentlessly walk with you for the rest of your life. Jesus, thank you for the gift of new life on this Christmas Eve. We celebrate you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.